What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode eight of Twigs and Twine. Now, before we get into everything, let's just hi to the boys real quick. Alex Muff, how are you doing today? What's going on, Matthew? I'm doing all right. Joey Ferlano, what's going on, buddy? You know, the usual. That was the most boring fucking intro you ever said. <laughs> on such an eventful day, too. <laughs> you, give us, give, give the listeners a little insight. Well, you know, mistakes happen. Uh, your buddy Joey is driving down uh, Highway 7, and uh, he had a little fender bender, uh, totaled the car, but uh, everyone's okay, and... Uh, here we are. Oh, except the car. The car's fucked. <laughs> Need a new car for sure. But, uh, you know, new cars are exciting. So I'm excited for sure. <laughs> silver lining to everything. All right. Uh, so now let's get right into it. Starting off with a little bit of controversy. So for it's been known that this league, they put, a, they put uh, their stars on a pedestal. Like, you've never, you never see, the, like, the top 10 players in the league ever get suspended. And if they do get suspended, it's for something like for something just completely dirty. So this week, both Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon both um, laid down some pretty dirty hits, some hits that would be suspendable on for most players and in most occasions, which we'll get into it. And they both end up getting fined just five grand a piece. And, while later on in the week, Chandler Stevenson of the Vegas Golden Knights got suspended for three games for basically the exact same hit. And uh, Joey, you found you found this out actually. How much is the, uh, how much money is he losing in the three games? Well, this three games without pay, and Stevenson's losing around seventy one thousand dollars sitting out those games. So like, this is, I, I get it. I get it that you have to try and like. You put your stars on a pedestal because they're the poster boys of the league. But like, fuck sakes, like, it's got to be some equality here. Not you can't have three hits the exact same. One one player who's a bottom six forward, and two of the uh, and two of the other ones being the top five. Some of the top five players in the league, which I would I would have McKinnon as top three, if not top five. Like, there's got to be some. There's got to be some sort of equality here. Like, this is just a. It's this is an egregious misuse of. Uh, or an egregious separation of classes here. Like, let's hear your let's hear your boys' thoughts on it real quick, starting with Joey, because I feel like you have uh, have something to say about this. Yeah, you know, I understand that McDavid is a poster boy of the NHL now, um, and uh, the hit he laid was pretty dirty. Uh, like you said, he only got uh, fined five k for that no suspension. I don't have so much of an issue with no suspension, however. Chandler Stevenson does the exact same hit, and I think at a little bit worse caliber. I don't think it was as bad as McDavid hit. And you go ahead and you spend him for three games at no pay. Um, either suspend McDavid or give uh, Stevenson a bit of a break, especially within the same week. Um, I think it's a joke, um, especially since Stevenson's only getting paid seven hundred thousand dollars league minimum, and he has to pay seventy k towards that. Well, McDavid's out here making 13 and a half, only paying 5K for that. And the McKinnon one was completely different fucking ballpark. He threw a helmet at a player, like threw a helmet. It just doesn't make sense. I understand, like you said, you put your stars on a pedestal, but um, there has to be some equality in that. 
completely agree. Um, Mc, uh, McDavid, he came out of nowhere and absolutely blindsided Kakaniemi. He dished the pass, and then three seconds later, McDavid comes with a probably the dirty one of the dirtiest cheap shots I've seen in a while. Um, I'm always I'm always uh, cool with some good dirty hockey and whatnot. But when you come and just target a guy's head when he's not paying attention to you after he's dished the puck, that's um, that's to say the least, it's kind of bullshit. Nathan McKinnon's, I mean, he was just trying to help the other guy out. I I can't make out who he uh, threw the helmet. Pardon me. That's uh, part of my ignorance there. But I think that's uh, Chris, I, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I think that's Christian Dvorak. Christian Dvorak. OK, I want to say Christian Dvorak. Um personally i don't see anything wrong with that that's just kind of that that's more of a comedic thing than anything um and then chandler stevenson the most i would have given him would have been a game misconduct for this um yeah he does go up a little high with the elbow and he yeah he makes contact with the head and we've talked about previously how the nhl is trying to eliminate these kind of hits but when you Take into consideration uh, the Connor McDavid uh, incident, and then this one. There has to be some sort of consistency. I understand, like Joey, you said that McDavid's the poster boy for the league and whatnot, but uh, this guy is making the league minimum, and you're he's going to sacrifice seventy one thousand dollars for this hit. Uh, the, the league has to smarten up on hits like these. Everybody that watches hockey knows kind of the the politics behind it and whatnot in the NHL. And this is one of those prime examples where it's just the NHL is full of it. And they should have done a better job to cover it up. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to put out a quick apology real quick uh, on multiple things. I was wrong. It wasn't Christian Dvorak. I just fact-checked it. Number 83 on the... Arizona Coyotes is uh, Connor Garland. Okay. And um, also, I'm not going to lie, it's been a couple days since I've seen these hits, and I kind of put McKinnon's and McDavid's together. That's why I mentioned that I originally said that they were both around the same hit. Now that I'm looking at these things in real time right now, McKinnon's is just fucking absolutely hilarious. Yeah, right? Like, that, that's like, not fine-worthy. No, McKinnon's is fine-worthy. McDavid's is, is suspension-worthy. Yeah, I guess. Like I'm, cha- I'm gonna change my stance on this right now. Like McKinnon's was fine, worthy, because like that's just a, like a little bit of like a pain in the ass move. But Mc- McDavid, he should have gotten a suspension. Yeah, and excuse me for interrupting, but don't get me wrong, McDavid is a repeat offender, is he not? Yes. Yeah. David. Yeah. yeah, he's been suspended. For cheap shots time. like those. Yeah, he's done it a few times. I know he got suspended once for sure. Wasn't sure if it was last season or the season before that. He got no. I want to say he got suspended in his. No, no, not his rookie year. It's hurt his rookie year. Yeah, I sorry. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of that. Yeah, no, I don't know what the fuck was uh-huh. going on. Today. I don't know what's going on with my McDavid knowledge tonight. Um, but yeah, no, Stevenson. That was complete bullshit. He should not have gotten. He if if they really wanted to make this even, two games for Stevenson, one game for McDavid. Like if they want, like if they want to make it as even as they as possible, like I get it special treatment goes to the star players the one that's making i think mcdavid is making 14 million bucks this year uh um just on nhl money like getting paid from the oilers plus like probably making around five million bucks off endorsements 
Yeah. That guy's literally the face. That guy's the face. Yeah, of- five five K's not uh not putting him at any pocket change. Dropping the bucket for him, honestly. Fuck, that's a night. That's a that's paying him paying for a rookie party. Yeah, yeah. David paying for a rookie party. Good luck. And looking <laughs> at this Mc, this McKinnon incident, Connor Garland has to have his hands up. Like he has to expect the helmets coming at him. McKinnon's a nice guy. <laughs> like honestly, you see him do the Tim Hortons commercials and whatnot. He's a nice guy. <laughs> He's just trying to help him out. And yeah, that's a great guy. Garland's just got his hands. He, he's staring at uh, Landis Gog over there. And understandably so, he's a good-looking fellow. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's for another time. Anyways, Garland, have your hands up next time. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. If that happened to you guys when you were playing, would you expect uh, a player from the opposing team to go and whip a helmet at you? I'm usually the one whipping helmets. I'd have a good laugh. Okay, yeah, sorry, Joe. You're the wrong person to ask. I've, uh, again, I have played five years with you. You're the wrong person to ask. <laughs> I, I think we'd have a good laugh at it, honestly. But I don't know. The league's got to straighten it out a little bit. Can't be so inconsistent with these kind of calls. So, do you think this, like something like this, because this this all comes from Department of Player Safety, and the head, if I'm not mistaken, is still George Peros, who's been there for a few years now. I think ever since ever since his retirement. When he took over the job from uh, Claude Loisel, if I'm not mistaken, former Leafs assistant GM. Um, do you think it's time for uh, a changing of the guard in, uh, in management for the player safety? Yeah, George Paris, is, I have not liked the decisions he made on multiple uh, suspensions. Um, I'm not a fan of George Paris, not one bit. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think he's slacking. You remember that fight you had? Uh, was it Cole Nor Fraser McLaren? Ever yeah. since he's been knocked out there, I think he's really, um, understandably so. He's taking his job really serious and whatnot, and try to enforce the safety of the league. But this time, I think he really, do all the respect, fucked it up. But anyways, he needs to shave that stash. <laughs> it, it was pretty good though. I respected that stash. That was stash good. Was that, that was nice on the ice. Yeah, but Matthew's had a better stash. Come on. Well, we're not going to start this argument. Matthew I'm starting, the stash. I'm not starting that because I'll kick you both off the show. No, nah, this is how it goes. <laughs> like Lanny Mack, Lanny Mack, Austin Matthews. Lanny Mack, Austin Matthews. No. Yeah. We'll have, no listen, listen, we'll we'll have the mustache debate for much uh, a much slower news week. <laughs> All right, so moving on from moving on from there, um, some news came up from the NHL today. So first off, we'll start with something a little bit um, more of a rumor. According to Elliot Friedman, the NHL is discussing the possibility of going back to the bubble system for the upcoming playoffs. Still, de- this this is all still depending on the progression of the pandemic in the states and in Canada. And also, uh, Friedman emphasized that this is not what the players want. The players want to f- want to be as far away from a bubble as possible. But with the current state of the pandemic and the third wave that's been going on in Canada, more specific, like I can't I can't speak for more across Canada and the states because I haven't been able I haven't been paying much attention to outside of Toronto or outside of Ontario. But in Ontario, like we have just gone into a lockdown today at the time of recording or the day of recording, April third. Third. Yeah, April third. We're going. We've gone into a twenty-eight day lockdown. So we'll see what happens with that. But. Uh, the playoffs are, as of right now, they're expected to start on May 11th. So I'm curious. Uh, I honestly, I, personally, I think that they will go to the bubble format because it makes the most sense. 
Like I get, I get it that players don't want to be far, don't want to be away from their families for for weeks on end. But like at the same time, you want to still finish off the season and finish it off as safe as possible. Like personally, I feel like the bubble works the best because last year, not a, they had not not a single COVID, uh, positive COVID case. Now this, uh, when they're doing everything from the home cities. Like there's been teams shut down. There's been players catching COVID, and we're gonna we'll get to the Vancouver situation, but I think this is the best course of action. What do you guys think? I completely agree. Like you said last year, the uh, we had zero cases in the bubble. Now you look at all the games postponed in the uh, not well. The Northern Division did a hell of a job of. Uh, staying away from COVID and whatnot uh, to the best of their abilities. But the American teams, we saw a lot of games get um, postponed. And now it's all starting to kind of unravel. Like we said, the uh, Canucks situation over there. And uh, it's just, I think it's inevitable that they go into a bubble format. The only thing I'd like to see is that players be allowed to bring in family or direct family that you'd live with. So if you have kids, then, you know, do the quarantine and whatnot, but you have, you can bring in your kids. Um, I think that makes the most sense. And that would be the only way that you get players into a, uh, into a bubble and you have a full playoff, a full playoff system. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. It's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be popular amongst the players for sure. Not, I think uh, the players are going to be more, um, against it only with all the vaccines especially in the south of the border for us um, but out of every option we have I do believe that is the best option and it would be nice like you said Muff to have uh, the NHL incorporate uh, families being able to quarantine with their players I don't really see that happening um, only because you know how protocols are um, but I the difference between this year and Last year, I think we're going to see more players opt out of the bubble. Really? Think so? I do. Because you got to think about it in the States. Uh, I want to say a good amount of players probably been vaccinated. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think, think yeah. about it this way. The city of New York, or the state of New York, they, um, they're vaccinating everybody 30 years old and up. And yeah, if you think about it, a good chunk of the league is, th- is 30 and up. And I have a feeling that in uh, in certain parts of the states it's getting it's even lower than that yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a guess on a good amount of the players have been vaccinated and you know they've come to the realization that they've been vaccinated they're more protected not completely protected but they're more protected uh than what they once were and they would try to maybe protest the idea of a bubble but um only time could tell can't really say much now but that's what i think yeah, well, I get I get that logic the, when the, like the players being vaccinated, like they're they're gonna protest it, but like yes, they also have to think about it. Like, how much how much of the league do you actually think is vaccinated right now? I wouldn't even say not even half. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, it, like a, um, in terms of the players, a majority of the league is under thirty. Like right, a majority. If you, like, I'm just gonna use Toronto as, as an example. They got what, maybe four players over the age of thirty years old. Mm. Simmons, Jordan, Spat, old Kerfoot, twenty nine, twenty nine, twenty eight. Yeah, probably you know, Muzzy. But regardless, regardless, sub ten, sub ten for sure. Regardless, um, but if you think if you think about it, 
there's more players in the league that are under 30 than over. I feel like it's going to end up being a majority. I feel like they're going to go. They may go to a vote if if everything starts to clear out more. And as we get more uh, closer and closer to the summer, the cases start to go down. Vaccinations start to go up. Like if you look at it, vac- the vaccination effort is starting to increase in Canada. Um, they like at least in your in York region, we've uh, York region's been going through um, one age group a week. So like we've been going, we've been going through one age group a week in York region. And um, even in in the province of Ontario, they've gone I think a week and a half per age group, two weeks per age group, mm-hmm. and now like everyone under the over the age of fifty five is eligible to be, to be vaccinated. So, and we're in the beginning of April, so maybe by the time May rolls around, it'll be more more and more um, accessible for other for others to get the vaccine as we gain more. Um, more more supply like the state the u.s is sending us about a million and a half doses of astrazeneca and the pfizer moderna shipments are going to be increasing it to a point i think like i think the first week of april we're uh canada's supposed to be getting like two million doses of each so it's good news it's very good news so now it just it's all going to depend on whether or not on the vaccination effort but at this point and I do still feel. I, I feel like the NHL is going to go err on the side of caution, and I think that it's going to be different from the from last year's bubble, where no one was allowed to do anything other than just sit in their rooms, yeah, play hockey. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what happens. Only time will tell. See, I just want to point out, you guys were saying that half, like you're taking into consideration half the league not even is vaccinated, but really, you only have to look at the teams that are that are either in the playoffs or have the potential to make the playoffs. So there's going to be teams like you look at the Sabers, Ducks, uh, Wings, Senators, Devils, Kings. We don't have to worry about them whether or not those players have a vaccination. I mean, that might come off a little like like a bit of a dick. No, but... sorry, I'm gonna interrupt you. No, you're. Yeah, from a certain point of view, yeah, it does come seem come off as a little bit like a dick move. But like, if you're talking from strictly a a logistical standpoint, from what uh, from how it's gonna affect how COVID affects the playoffs, like it's you're completely in the right in the right mindset. I mean, it just it seems it seems like if you take into consideration how I or take the point of view that I just did, I think you'll have an easier time um, setting up a bubble and getting players into a bubble. I don't know that that's just personal personally my thing. And the, to top it, if you just add direct family, like people or the play the people that the players live with, kids, wives, whatever, then. I think you're going to have a bubble, but definitely. I mean, yeah, well, so we have actually like Joey and I have been able to talk to somebody who spent a few, who spent some time in the bubble uh, on our first episode with um, on our first episode with David Rigo, uh, the NHL or an artist, goalie, goalie mask painter and um, sports artist. He, uh, he was able to spend some time in the bubble and he told us about like this, like the kind of like the strict orders that were around. And I do believe that adding family, like you're right, adding family and will take the burden off the players to a certain extent. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it is. The, the NHL can always add uh, as cheap as they are, add uh, some activities for the players to do rather than sit in the room and playing PS4 all day. You know what I mean? But uh, we'll see. 
PS4, buddy. What do you think this is? October? It's PS5 season now. Uh, yeah, I know, but they're you know, it's hard to find unless you're willing to pay. Uh, they they have money, so might as well. Anyway, now moving on. Um, and this so this uh, is basically in direct correlation to the Vancouver situation, which we will get into next. But there has been like I'm sure all hockey fans have noticed like one major one major thing that's been going on and that's been a bit of a non-compliance with the rules like it seems like as it seems as if as if every game coaches from uh, from both sides have uh, just at times taken off their mask to whether it be to talk to a player talk to a ref to do something and that has not been the only uh, issue of non-compliance that's been going on within the league since the season started and this has led to the NHL and the NHLPA sending out strongly worded mem- uh, memos to teams regarding multiple cases of non-compliance, inclu- which includes stuff like players playing cards um, on team on team planes and hotels. Like even uh, even though they are masked, but they are not social distancing when they're off the ice. So, so I want to hear your thoughts on this, like. Are you guys surprised that it took this long for the uh, for the league to send out something? I'm more surprised that they sent something out. To be honest with you, really? Uh, uh, like, how much? Like, you really? The league's kind of taken away their freedom. I understand, like the masks. Yeah, on the bench, the coaches have to have it up, and you know they pull it down to yell at the refs and talk to their guys on the bench, but like playing cards on a plane ride when you have guys that are masked up and that kind of stuff. I mean, you can only do so much from the league standpoint. You can, you can set all your protocols and uh, you know, this and that and keep your distance wherever, you know what I mean? Like the basic stuff that the league um, should, should be doing. But when you're going as far as, um, you know, no cards on a plane, no cards on the bus, you know, every every middle seat on the plane has to be empty so guys aren't shoulder to shoulder. Just like examples of stuff like that. I think the league does kind of have to to cool it, I guess, a little bit. But, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. The amount of games that have been postponed this season and – it's only going to increase. So, I mean, it's, you could go either way with this one. You could definitely go either way, but I think the league is, uh, they're going a little uh, all out on that with, uh, like the stuff on the plane. It's just, the more I think about it, the more I just sit here, I'm like, what are they doing? You know what I mean? But I don't know. Joey? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, like how you said, the league is kind of uh, butting in a bit too much, especially with the hotel and uh, plane situation. But not for anything. Do you think teams are actually going to report their own guys that are sitting next to each other on the bus, playing cards on the plane? Um, I think they're just trying to control a lot of stuff that they can't control, and it's more of a team issue and not a league issue. I think the teams have to crack down a bit more. Um and I think the league just needs to trust in the the teams they have by putting in, in the right protocol. And hopefully the, the numbers uh, don't go up again and any, for any, any more games are going to get postponed. Yeah, well said, guys. Um, but personally, I do agree with the um, 
I do agree with the league sending out a memo. Just I just to remind teams because like let's be honest, guys, we're in the middle of a pandemic and like every the, every team needs to be take and every player needs to be taking every precaution that they can. But granted, like certain things like no cards on the plane. There's you're on a plane. There's no way of socially dis- social distancing in there. There there is a way, but like you're gonna it's you're still inside. And there's no way of letting airflow or of letting a lot of airflow in because if you open up, the, you can't open up a window there. It's not like, not like if you're in a hotel, if you're in a hotel room, if you're outside, whatever, you have air going in. You're locked, you're locked up in, a, in an enclosed space for hour for a couple of hours on end. So I get it why the league did send out this this memo. And I do agree with it because they need to they need to try and protect players in any way possible while also absolving themselves of any liability. Because if you think about it, if they don't do this, and God forbid somebody in the league, in one of the players or one of the staff catches the virus and passes away, then the league can get sued for so much money. So this is more this is more the league covering their own ass than anything else. I guess yeah. Now that you kind of pointed out like that, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Good point. Uh, do I think it's still like hel- a helicopter parenting? Yeah, but when you say it, when you say it like that, and you bring it in the uh, like the big picture of what could happen if anything were to happen, um, yeah, it make it makes sense now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, but regardless, like it's it's like I'm again I'm gonna I keep repeating myself, but it's 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 all. It, in the end, it's all about player safety, like I mean, staff safety. Like we don't want anyone catching this virus because, like, everyone know, everybody knows, it's been a thing for a year now, and there's been thousands of people that have died from it, and like, everyone's trying to keep the the casualties as to a minimum. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, so moving on from our just basic broad league coverage, uh, to to what we've been um just kind of uh, tempting, taunting at a little bit, or not taunting at, leading up to. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, earlier this week, they were, they originally report came out saying that they had seven positive COVID cases in the team split between players and staff. I don't, I don't remember the exact split, but later on in the week, it was confirmed to be 16 players and three coaches to like, actually be confirmed to have the virus. The league is now assuming that the whole team is infected with multiple of these cases be, uh, being of the Brazilian vi- variants, which is one of the most dangerous variants of concern, as I, I like, I haven't honestly, I haven't read up much onto the Brazilian and the South American variants. I all I know in terms of variants, all I know is the U, the UK one is more contagious. I think like fifty percent more contagious. Um, but supposedly the Brazilian variant has the highest likelihood of hospitalization and like stronger case or um like stronger um, infections symptoms symptoms exactly and and this uh this was shown when Farhan Lalji today actually he said that um some and I quote some Canucks players have gone very ill medical staff has gone to some of the players homes to administer IV treatments we wish them all the best and um we hope uh, we hope for a speedy recovery for all of them. We hope to see him back on the ice soon, because none of like this shouldn't be hap- None of no one should be uh, should have to deal with this uh, with this virus, and while, especially while vaccines or vaccinations are going up and increasing, like this, there is a light at the end of the tunnel for this pandemic. We've been saying that for months now. We're, we're over a year in, 
but there is actually light at the end of the tunnel with the increase of, the vac of vaccinations. Um, but how this is going to affect the league as a whole now? So the Canucks are not going to be no one. They're not going to be practicing or playing for at least two weeks now. I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, everything's shut down. It's going to be contingent on uh, on multiple days of of negative testing, and um, this means that the NHL will most likely have to extend the season for the North Division past the intended playoff kickoff date of May 11th, as they're as more as since they are obviously going to have to postpone games, they're going to have to postpone them to a certain date, and that and that's going to have to eat into what would be like after the the end of the regular season. Um, they're saying that this should not affect the seasons of the of the remaining three divisions, and uh, obviously all being all of them being in the states. As worst case, they would begin the playoffs while the North finishes their regular season, because obviously with this season's playoff format, it's going to be um. Like the divisions are going to play each other until, and there's not going to be any cross division play until the third round. Hmm. Yeah, the third round. Yeah, yeah. third round. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see. And uh, just to give credit where credits due, this came out from Pierre LeBron yesterday. Um, the NHL is not like as of right now. They're confident that all the teams will be able to finish their full seasons, the full 50, 56 games, and it. As of right now, finishing off the seasons early based off points percentage, as obviously different teams will have played different amounts of games, it's off the, that that option is off the table right at this moment. As it would just, it would lead to a whole lot of like a, a whole bunch of different problems because you'll have some teams that play because right now like I think there's certain teams that have played like ten less games than others. Yeah, I don't know if it's that many now. I know a lot of teams have been packing it, or a lot of teams have had their schedules packed in. Um, but there's still been a difference, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'm gonna quickly fact check that. Let's hear your uh, your thoughts on the situation, guys. No, I was just gonna say I think uh, I think you hit it on the uh, yeah, I think you covered everything with that. Um, well, first I wanna just offer my best wishes to everybody infected on the Vancouver Canucks. Um, hope them to a speedy recovery. But uh, I think the most important thing is just to get all this figured out before it affects the playoffs because it's one thing to have regular season pushed back, but it's a whole different game with the playoffs. Um, I think it'd be unfortunate if something like this happened a bit closer to playoffs. Fortunately, it, that, since it did happen, I think it's better now versus later, but I think you covered pretty much everything. I just want to give all my best wishes to the everyone infected and hope them a speedy recover. Yeah, same. Uh, best... Uh, in my thoughts on everything, uh, or every uh, every person on the team that has it, I hope everybody uh, comes out healthy and well. Um, it's just, yeah, like you said, it could be a little worse coming closer to playoffs time, but nonetheless, it's still uh, a situation that you don't want to have uh, in your league. Um, it's just... <laughs> It's sad. We were doing so well in the Northern Division, and now it's just abruptly um, getting changed, you know. Um, and that Pierre LeBron was saying that some of the players have become really, really ill. It just shows you that you could be some of the healthiest guys on the planet playing uh, a really physical sport that requires you to be at your best shape, in your best shape as possible, and, uh, you know, 
it's uh it's sad it's really sad to hear yeah and again just to reiterate we wish uh everyone in the vancouver connects organization wish them uh, all the best and we wish them all a speedy recovery all right sticking with vancouver on more of a happier note um thatcher demko their goalie of the future and goalie of now let's be honest signed uh, a five by five extension to stay with the Canucks. So I'm curious what this means for a guy like Braden Holpe, because I'm, I'm going to take a quick look at Vancouver's cap situation, but I don't think it looks good. Like if I'm not mistaken, it's they're going to, they're in cap hell as is. So I'm curious what will end up happening starting next season. I wonder if, uh, I think I know what this means. I think this means that um, they're going to make a trade with Seattle for them to pick up Braden Holpe, but I don't know. Let's hear your thoughts on it first. I'm going to give the mic to you on this one. All right. Uh, I like this move. Uh, Thatcher Demko, he's he's kind of been, I almost want to say the fire, not the fire, just because they have other weapons that can really change the game, like you said, Pedersen and Hughes. But he's given the, uh, the Canucks a little bit of stability, um, granted, they're not the greatest team in the league by a long shot, but he's he's giving them a chance to be uh, to be in the playoffs, to be title contenders. Not by a long shot. It's, the team has holes all over the place, um, but Thatcher Demko himself, he's really giving the team a a, a chance to get into the playoffs, to just squeeze in to get into that fourth, uh, fourth spot in the Northern division. Um, and I like it. Uh, like you said, Matthew, they, they are in financial, uh, hell to, for lack of a better word. Um, they, they still have to sign Pedersen and Hughes, but Demko is a step in the right direction. Um, arguably $5 million can be a little high. Um, but you know what? I think at this point, they don't have another reliable goaltender. Unfortunately, I thought Brayden Holtby was going to give them uh, uh, a well-rounded goaltending position, but it just hasn't turned out that way. And uh, Thatcher Demko, like you say, he's the goalie of the future, but he's the goalie now, and you don't want to let him slip through uh, slip through your fingers. Yeah, well said. Um, I'm going to agree with Muff on this one, I think. He uh, pretty much covered it all. Um, Demko came in on a struggling Nux team. And uh, like you said, Alex, uh, he gave them that fire over a course of 25 games. He has a 2.77 goals against average and a 19.17 save percentage. Which 917, 9.17, your dash one tonight, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dash is 9.17. Uh, my, my head was hit a bit too hard today. Um but nonetheless, uh, yeah, his stat record's great. Uh, he came in on a struggling Nux team, and he gave them that fire that they needed to uh, contest for a spot in the playoffs. And um, uh, like you said, five uh, five million dollars may seem a lot, but Demko's uh, only twenty five. This is uh, that's usually the age uh, goalies tend to sprout into uh, whether if they're going to be starters or backups. And I have a good feeling about Demko. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. And um, just looking at the stats right now, like this season, 25 games, 917 save percentage, 277 GAA. Last season, 306 GAA, uh, GAA with a 905. Um, at $5 bucks for a starting goalie, I think that is actually a pretty damn good contract considering what most starting goalies have signed for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but now the interesting part, taking a look at their at their cap friendly. So next this season, they're over the cap. They're, the LTIR is saving them and buried contracts. But uh, but next year, so like for next season, at as of right now, they're wor- they're gonna have twenty point seven million dollars to work with. But then they they have a roster or um they have a roster size of twenty players signed for next season, so they got on a fifty roster contract limit. They got a lot of players to sign, and yeah, like you mentioned, they have Hughes, they have Patterson. Um, I just want to double check about uh, Brock Besser. No, Besser's got one more season after next. But yeah, they got they got a lot of a lot of studs to go and sign, but it's gonna be interesting to see what ends up happening. Um. I do believe that um what's his name? Uh Hopi. Hopi, yeah. I feel I do believe Hopi's gone at the end of the season. There's no way around it. Yeah. Regardless of whether regardless of whether or not it's to Seattle, I think he's gonna be gone because he's making four point three million dollars next year on an expiring contract. I like I think he's gonna be gone. That that experiment did not work at all in Vancouver. In um what's it called? In twelve games this season, he's got a three fifty seven GAA with a with an eight ninety four save percentage. For a guy that's making four point three with an with another year left after this, I think there I think it's going to be uh, an interesting uh, interesting trade saga. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if if he were to get traded at the deadline coming up uh, coming up next week. Which before I continue, we will have a. Um, we will have a full trade deadline coverage next week's show will be pushed by a day or two just so we can get the full, um, our full analysis on all of the major trades that went on. Um, but yeah, so I think that there's going to be a lot of changes coming up. And honestly, I think the first change is going to be Jim Benning is gone at the end of the season. Oh, I, uh, I don't think they're going to do that just because they have to still sign free agents. It's a matter of the deals that he gives Hughes and Pedersen. That's going to determine his fate with the Canucks. That's my opinion. I don't know. I think that, um, I think that the, is it the Aquilini family? The owners? Oh God, I I don't know. I want to say it's the Aquilini family. Um, They have, uh, like, the owner is very involved with the team, and I do have a feeling that at, with the lack of success that Vancouver's having, even this season, before before the uh, the COVID outbreak, like they they're having a pretty shitty season considering like what they were expected to do. They're in yeah. fifth. They're in fifth place in the North right now. 35, 35 points in thirty seven games, sixteen eighteen to three record. Um, like they're six points out of a playoff spot at this moment. And they play three more games than, than the fourth place Canadians. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like Benning's gone at the end of the year. Um, nah. I, I think I honestly I'm surprised he's still there today. Like as of right now, you, these some of these contracts that he signed, like the like guys like like Tyler Myers, guys like um, yeah, that's yeah. Antoine Roussel, Brandon Sutter, a guy like uh, Louis Erickson, which is still one of the worst contracts I've seen in in years. And they and he still signed for how long? If I can quickly see, he signed for another year after this one. So going into twenty, going into the twenty two twenty three season, they that's going to be a complete reset for this for the Canucks because they got everybody signed until then. They got Roussel signed signed at three million bucks for another year after this. 
They got they also have Besser signed for another year after this a five eight seven five, which he's gonna he's gonna request a big or demand a big raise on that. I say Besser signs for eight for seven to eight, um, especially considering that by then the cap should be going up if I'm not mistaken. Hopefully, hopefully, but I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. It's gonna be a very interesting uh, next few months for Vancouver, especially. I'm curious now what's gonna end up happening with the trade deadline. And with this whole situation, the whole situation, how that will affect their deadline. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. So I guess we'll have to see what happens. But I don't know. A lot of a lot of changes are going to be coming in uh, in Vancouver. So moving on from the Canucks. Um, ever since um, Freddie Anderson for Toronto has gone down with an injury, Jack Campbell has been asked to to take on the reins as a starting goalie, which he ha- he before Freddie's injury he has excelled this season in the few games that he had. But now after last night's win over the Jets in in shootout, he's eight and oh with a 135 GAA and a 951 save percentage. Like I just want to take a minute. Like this guy he's had an up and down career. He's bounced he's bounced around a little bit. Drafted I think 10th overall by Dallas. I think he's finally starting to come into that 10th uh, to that first round hype. Um I don't know. I'm I know we discussed this a few weeks ago, and I know Alex, you went on a little bit of a rant, uh, of a rant here. But do you think uh, there's some con- uh, so there's some gold controversy now? Do you think Campbell has proved enough to take the reins as a starting goalie once Freddie comes back? No, he he's not going to be the starting goalie. He is going to be an extremely reliable backup. We saw. I'm just trying to think of an example that uh Curtis McElhaney playoffs. Yeah, like sort of like Curtis McElhaney. Whenever um whenever Anderson needed a night, McElhaney was there and he was able to fill his shoes. I think Campbell, being younger than McElhaney at the time, uh, he can do the exact same thing and even better. Honestly, I. I don't think he's going to be a playoff uh, a playoff goaltender on, on only for the reason that he doesn't have the experience um, as a starting goalie in the playoffs. Uh, it's just it's tough. He's played really well, like that that uh, Jets game that they played last night, uh, Friday night, I believe it was. That was um, he he was on something different that game and. Uh, that that really has that game. I think pr- he proved to everybody watching that he should be a starter, but I don't think um, Dubis and uh, Keith. I don't think they have it in him to make him the starter. Just Anderson's been he's been the guy in Toronto for a long time, and I don't think eight games, although they've been stellar, is going to be enough to change their mind. Um, well said. Um, Campbell's, a, like you said, Freddie's been the guy in Toronto. He's been the guy for a few years now, and I don't see uh, either – I don't see Toronto's management take him out of that position. Uh, that being said, however, um, Freddie's been in a bit of a rough patch uh, due to injuries and whatnot. Um, if Freddie either can't stay, in, uh, can't stay healthy – or can't seem to just figure it out mentally. I don't think uh, Toronto will hesitate on giving Campbell a bit more responsibility when it comes to taking over games. And if 
that means in the playoff too, that means in the playoff too. I think this is a struggling organization when it comes to playoffs and they'll do just about anything it takes to win. And if that, if it takes putting in your backup as a starter for the playoffs, because that seems to be the best fit. I don't see them hesitating doing that. Um, hopefully, uh, don't get me wrong. I am team Freddie. Hopefully he does come back. Hopefully he's better than what he's been this year and he could stay healthy. But uh, that McElhaney reference, um, I think Campbell's heads, heads above McElhaney when it comes oh, to definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, a goaltender. Um, and I don't think, especially being 8-0, um, I wouldn't say he earned his stripes quite yet, but he's definitely on the way to earning his stripes. I don't see Campbell taking it very kindly if they just pull the plug on what he's been doing because um, he's had some games where obviously he hasn't been that strong, but then, like you mentioned, uh, Friday night's game, he, uh, you know, he's, I wouldn't say he stole the game, but he definitely, definitely a huge part in that win, uh, especially in the shootout. He'll solve it for us. And, yeah. um, he's a great goalie. I, like you said, don't get me wrong. I hope Anderson can come back and figure it out. But if not, um, I think, uh, Campbell would be the go-to guy in Toronto. Before, sorry, Matthew. Before you start, I just want to say, in the playoffs, you don't want to be going back and forth with your. Yeah, absolutely, you want to keep. It, you want to exactly. keep your goalies you want to ride your as high as possible. Your starter until he falls off a bridge, and then you have to play the next guy. And yeah. and I don't think they're gonna just ride with Campbell until he falls off. I I just. Can't yeah, no, I agree happen. with you on that. I don't um, see, I don't see them keeping Andrew uh, Campbell in the net and yeah. having Anderson ride the bench. I think as soon as Anderson's back and healthy, they're going to give him a game or two, see how he pans out. And uh, exactly, honestly, we can't further this discussion until that happens. But uh, I, th- I hope for the best. Obviously, one hundred percent. You just one hundred percent read my mind. He has to be eased in in the in the regular season here, and that's going to be your indicator. Honestly, um, if he does well, then you're going to give him the ropes. If I don't want to say it, if he does struggle, which I don't think he will, because he's got a, he's gotten a well-needed break, but if he does struggle, um, Campbell, um, I hate to say it, he'll be the starter, which I don't think he should be, but you know, it's just kind of way the, uh, just kind of way teams operate um, uh, their goaltending situations. Sorry for the blunder. That's how teams operate their goaltending situations. And I don't see it being any different this year or this time around. Yeah. At least. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well said both you guys. And um, I don't just to give my personal opinion on like, I don't, I honestly have no clue how long Freddie's going to be out for. Um, like it's been changing every day. Like it's it's uh, some days it seems like he'll be back in a couple of days, and it seems like it's been back in a, a week. Like no one knows at the moment. Um, I have heard that Toronto um is linked with Buffalo and Linus Allmark, which I do not understand why they would do that unless to have him as a third goalie and uh, as a replacement for Hutch. Which, if that's the case, then I kind of understand it. But um, I don't know. I I think I personally think that at at this moment. I think that the way that Campbell's been playing, that they're gonna like this gives Keefe and the Leafs the chance to keep Freddie out of game action for a lot longer than um, a lot longer than than they would have originally intended. If uh, if say Campbell was playing 
or if say uh, Hutch Hutch was the backup, say this was last year, they would have rushed Freddie back. Like now they have the chance, they have the option to let Freddie recover at his own pace, let him come back at 100% instead of coming back at 60, 70, 80. Like what happened earlier in the season? Because think about it, when Freddie was hurt earlier on in the season, Hutch or um, Campbell was hurt as well. We had Hutch starting starting all the games. Mm-hmm. So I feel like now that and you saw and you guys saw what happened. Um, Freddie came back a little too early and he was hurt again. Yeah. So I think, I feel like now this is going to give, uh, Freddie the chance to fully recover and come back at a hundred percent. And that is going to be the true judge of, of his, um, of wh- whether or not he's going to be the starter for the playoffs. Cause if he comes back at full, full strength, one full 100% and he still falters, he's gone. He's going to be riding the pine for the rest of the season. I mean, it could be a real, very real possibility, but him being with the organization last five, four years and change, we haven't quite finished our fifth year. It's uh, it's kind of hard to imagine he, him being on the bench. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm going to yeah. interrupt you here, but yeah, I get it. He's been around for four and a half years now, but at the same time, like – it doesn't make like I, I'm not gonna I'm not trying to sound like a dick here, but who really gives a shit? You're trying to win a cup. I just don't think your best option or your best chance to win a Stanley Cup lies with Jack Campbell. Yeah, I get that at this moment, but I'm trying like what I the point I'm trying to put across is if Freddie falters, like you're they're gonna give Freddie at least, at least five games, and if he falters, he's done. Like and and especially if Campbell continues to go on the run that he's having. Like there's no way that I could see them not riding the hot hand into the playoffs. It this is this is like what happened with um with Pittsburgh in their in their first cup run, their first of their back to backs. They had Mur- they had Murray uh, that they, they uh, Flurry who was a little bit uh, injured. He wasn't a hundred percent. They rode uh, Matt Murray in and they wrote they they got a bit of luck. Murray was able to play out of his skin and they ended up leading them to the promised land. I'm not jumping that far ahead but i'm saying like well the point i'm trying to put across is if if campbell's still going on a tear next month when the season's done like i think he makes a pretty damn good case for uh to be the starter in the playoffs but the part that also scares me now is both those goalies are on expiring contracts and oh oh i'm sorry uh i don't know why i thought campbell was on an expiring contract he's he's done after next season actually I'm curious now if if that's gonna what that's gonna do because I, I don't know why I've always thought that Campbell's done at the end of, at the end of this season. Um, like I'm looking at Toronto's cap friendly right now, and for next season, like they're gonna have 11 million bucks to work with, and they're gonna have to sign Freddie. They're gonna have to sign Bogosian, who's gonna be league men most likely. Dermot's gonna be an interesting one. They're gonna have to sign Thornton and Spatz, who they can get at league men. Simmons is gonna be. He could probably you could probably get him for on the same, especially if he if he really enjoyed it here. I don't think he's gonna go for five again. Not a chance in hell. Um, no. not a not a chance in hell. But they're I don't know. When I'm looking at this roster right now on um on cap friendly and like I don't know. I think you're gonna. I think now they're gonna. Have, this is also gonna lead to a choice. If Campbell is able to go and continue to be this the the number one, like play play like a number one goalie. At the end, of, uh, at the end of the season, you're gonna have to decide because I feel like I, I feel like at this moment it's either Freddie or Hyman. 
I'm choosing Hyman. I'm choosing Hyman too. Uh, Hyman has been exceptional this season. He's been exceptional ever since he's come to Toronto. Like that guy. That guy. He's the. He's that prick that that every team wants, which mm. is why yeah. like I think with eleven eleven point eight million bucks in cap space left for uh, for. Sorry, eleven point eight million bucks in cap space next season. I think that I like Hyman's making two point two five right now. I say you add another four million bucks onto that. I I think we can if we find a way to get rid of Kerfoot that frees up a little bit, and then we can call up uh, Robertson. I think that it frees a little bit more space. Um. It gives him a little bit of op- uh, opportunity to keep Hyman and uh, Anderson. Sorry. I think that'd be a better option. But we can go on all night about going through different scenarios of what the Leafs can do to keep as many of their better players as possible. But it, it'll take a while. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long time. All right. So I'm just I'm taking a look right now at um... – this is coming from sporttrack.com. The um the goalies on expiring deals this season. And like, I don't know. I I I could be completely in the minority here, but I do feel like there's a case to be made for Toronto going into a 1A 1B option next year with Campbell and another goalie and when i see something like that like i look at a goalie like a even like a guy like a goalie that they can get like from at the, like around the three million dollar range a goalie like a peter mrazic in um or not peter mrazic yeah actually yeah peter mrazic you make a, you can make uh a claim for that's not even the right word my god I don't a, know, case. I, a case for exactly He's had, he's dealt with a, with a couple of injury problems this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But in the past, he has he has like in his time with Carolina, he has been a fairly consistent goalie, or even bring or even to bring back a guy like a James Reimer, bring him back to Toronto. In 19 games this season, he's got 14 wins. He's got a 905 with a 271 GAA. Playing for playing as the starting goalie for a team that's that was one of the top five in the league. Uh, mm, uh, I I really don't like the thought of a one A one B goalie. Is that? Mm. A, I think in Toronto we've had that uh, too much over the course. We've, yeah, we've had it before. Uh, Anderson got here. Here we've had it with uh, Reimer and Bernier. Like, and look how it turned out. You know, we were the laughing stock of the league, and uh, it's just. It's not the best way in this day and age of hockey. You need a solidified starter who's going to knock off 55, 60 games for you, and then he's going to be lights out in the playoffs. And I still think Frederick Anderson is the guy to go with. I get, I get where you guys are coming from, but also, like, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to have to disagree with you guys on that. Like, I've seen – just this is just based off of my – my viewpoint like i've seen the 1a 1b become more of a thing now than it has in the past like if you look at it again a goal a team like like the hurricanes they're sixth in the league right now they have uh reimer that's played i think er, that's played 18 games and and they've got uh nedel djokovic i think his name is Mm -hmm. he's played 13 
like you got if you look at it, like you got teams like Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's a little bit of a Tampa Bay. They still they could still run with that with uh, the bona fide number one because they got a goal like Vasilevsky, who's top three goalies in the league. I'm not gonna not gonna say who the other two are. You got number uh, second in the league. They got Florida. Who? Wait, sorry. I'm just reading this for the first time now. How? What's Bobrovsky doing this season to have? Like, Florida's another one. They're going with a one eight. Like they they got Bob that's played 21 games. They got Chris Dredger. Oh, I definitely butchered that name at 16 games. Like yeah. both with sub uh, with uh, above uh, above average stats. Like I feel like. Like these top teams, I feel like they're going with more of a one A one B option to give just because you don't want to have to overwork your starter. Then it's a you go with the one A one B leading into the season, uh, leading into the playoffs, and then after that, going in the playoffs, then you find that number one goal. You ride the hot hand. Uh, I think that could really mess with the goalie's morale. Say it again. I think that could really mess with the goalie's morale. Oh, um, most definitely. Like like Muff said, we've seen it happen in uh, in Toronto with Bernier Reimer. Um, but also with starting up, but with Bernier and Reimer, like I don't think that it was a like. You also have to think about the team that was around them. That team was so fucking terrible. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair point. They were like, no good. Like when you had when you had Matt Hunwick playing first as your top two defenseman, you're, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> oh my god, that guy. God. Matt Hunt first, Matt Hunwick, then um, then Ron Hainsey, then Cody Cece. Like, remember Stefan Robidai? Who? Stefan Robidai. 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 Yeah. Island. Yeah. The I guy, know. the guy that Dave Nona signed at at forty one years old for three years at three million bucks a year. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That guy. Oh, Dave Nona, <laughs> so, so goof. Yeah, that was. I don't want. Problem. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and bash the Leafs. Can we go to another topic, please? Weird. Uh, I mean, we gotta bash somebody because uh, Buffalo's not till the end of the uh, not till the end of the episode. No, we'll take our frustrations out there. <laughs> right. On to the uh, Flyers. On to the Flyers. So, um, the Flyers have been going through a little bit of a slump in, uh, in the past little bit. I let me just pull up the uh, the stats real quick on them. If I can 17, find 14, it. And five. 17, 14, and 5. Yes, in 36 games. They've lost the last two. They've lost the last two. Um they're current they're currently, if I if this thing would actually work, they're currently uh four points out of a playoff spot with uh having played an extra two games on top of fourth place, Boston. And this season to try and shake things or this week to try and shake things up a little bit, they have scratched three players Oscar Limbaum who had that amazing story coming back from a cancer diagnosis early yeah. in last season to come back in the in the bubble and play and play pretty damn well and also second overall pick uh, in 2017 Nolan Patrick and starting goalie Carter Hart both all, all three of them being scratched for multiple game for multiple games this week like I don't know I get it it's a way to shake up the team but at the same time, like, what are you doing? I, I agree with the Carter Hart and the Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick straight up just has not panned out the no, way the Flyers were hoping to. I mean, it, do, no it doesn't help that he was out for a year, was he not? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give him that. He was out. Maybe he had a concussion, if I remember correctly. Um, Still, for a second overall pick, you kind of have to. You have to have more of an impact on your team. And yeah, you know, you come back from a concussion, you have to get your wits about you, and you got to get back to playing at the pace you were before. But he's had time to recover from that and to learn and grow. And it's not like he's on a uh, on a team like the Red Wings. He he's being he's being coached and groomed by uh, Claude Giroux, one of the best uh, forwards. Well, not this year, unfortunately, but one of the better forwards over the last few seasons. And there's no reason why he hasn't had uh, as big as an impact as all Flyers fans would have liked. Carter Hart, his his last eight games, he's been two and six. And if you look at the goals against that he's had and in the amount of shots that he's had, like when they played the Rangers, he had 11 shots on goal or shots against and uh, five goals against. I mean, as a starter, that's that's not going to cut it. And he's he played hot up until March 2nd, I have written down here. He was six, three and three. Um, but you have to be able to give your team a chance, uh, especially as a starting goalie. And they're banking a lot on Carter Hart to be the future of this team. He's he's going to be kind of like they're hoping the next carry price. Um, and hopefully he can get his career back on track here. And then Oscar Lindbaum, that's just, uh, that's, that's also kind of a dick move. Um, he comes back from cancer. He goes, he plays, and now you're going to scratch him. I think as the uh, as the Philadelphia Flyers, you have to have a little more respect for him and just everything he's done to come back and be on that starting lineup and to scratch him. I don't believe scratching sends a message to any player. Um, players can have great games after that. I just don't think that um, scratching sends the right message. I don't remember who we were talking about. I believe it was Jeff Skinner a few weeks back who was saying, you don't really learn anything from being scratched. It just lowers your morale and um, you miss a game. You get out of a flow if you were really in any. But I don't know. It's uh, Oscar Lindbaum. That's a, that, that's a tough one. I feel for him. Um, yeah, I'm going to start off on Carter Hart. Um I don't think uh, I think uh, the hockey world's looking too deep into these scratchings. Um, Carter Hart is a 22-year-old starting goalie. Um, we haven't seen that since Carey Price. Probably he's really young. Um, I think he's uh, this year, especially his numbers aren't the greatest. They weren't. They're certainly not as good as they were last year. I think uh, he's just in his head a bit too much. Um, who can blame him? Uh, a 98-born goalie, uh, given the responsibility of starting for an NHL franchise. Um, that's just crazy, especially as a, a goaltender. You don't see uh, guys put in the role until you're 25, 26. So I think some time uh, scratched or off the bench is good for Art. And um, back on the Nolan... Uh, Nolan yeah, Nolan Patrick Limbaugh situation. Um, I'm reading an article in the Philadelphia Inquiry. Um, I think uh, in uh, Philadelphia, 
coaches Alan. What's his name? Alan. Alain Vigneault. Alain Vigneault. That's how you pronounce that. Um, he's quoted saying, "I'm hoping it was time for them to get refreshed mentally and physically, and they'll be able to help us for the final push for the playoffs." So I think this was more of a uh, nothing against you guys. Just sit down, relax, collect your thoughts, and come back out hard. Obviously, none of them are having a a strong season. Uh, Nolan Patrick, 34 games played, four goals, three assists, seven points. Uh, unfortunately, a negative tw- uh, minus 20 on the year. Um, he sat out last season. Uh, you got to cut him some slack again. He's also really young. He's uh, 22 as well. Um, completely sat out last season. Uh, he's cold feet this year. Uh, seven points in 34 games. You never really expect that from a second overall pick. But I think sometimes sitting out can help a player like that. Back to Oscar Limbaum. I believe he's not he's not having the greatest season either. I think he only has 10 points in 34 games. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, uh, 10, point, 10 points in 30 games, and he's making roughly $3 bucks a year. Yeah. And, isn't, he, um, isn't he a defenseman, though? I'm, I may be wrong on this. No, one. he's a winger. Yeah. So, and, sorry. In his defense, much like Nolan Patrick, he did miss a lot of the season last season, unfortunately, due to cancer that, thank God, um, he was able to push through and beat. Uh, I think this wasn't more of a disciplinary standards by Vignon, but more of a, okay, we're on your side. We want to see you succeed. Take a, take 72 hours off from mini hockey and collect your thoughts and hopefully – you can be a bigger part in uh, our playoff push. Yeah, exactly. Well said, guys. And yeah, it's it's more of a it is a kick in the pants just because they are they are still in the in the playoff hunt. They're not they're not completely out of it. They need to go on a on a hot stretch to uh, to get right back into it. But and if you're, yeah, like Carter Hart, yeah, granted he's still young, but twenty two games this season, he's got an eight sixty nine save percentage and an, and a four point zero three GAA. And uh, granted, the backup Brian Elliott's not doing not doing much better. Nineteen game, nineteen games. He's got uh, two nine nine and an, and an eight eight eight. Like there's not there's not much that that's been going on from a goaltending perspective. And I do, I don't know. I I feel like granted, it is a it is a bit of a slap in the face, but at the same time, it is a bit like of a kick in the pants, saying like getting them to just calm down, collect themselves, and get back at it because they'll. I'm speaking more to Hart and Patrick. They're more like some of the fa- the top, like some of the faces of that franchise. They need to be better, and they need to like show that they're worth their reputation. Yeah, agreed. Uh, hopefully, they get their shit together. Yeah, they really do. Those are two. They, they can have promising careers. Yeah, like, for sure. Know, Fantastic hockey players. Matter of putting it all together and helping out that Flyers Flyers franchise. Agreed. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them at the end of the uh, in the back half of the season because um, leading into the season, I actually predicted them to be out of the playoffs, and I kind of got a little, I got some shit for it online because um, like that team seemed like they were poised to go and uh, and do some damage. I had a, I knew a lot of people who had them either first or second in that division, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Uh, there's a part of me that want that wants to be right because like a bit of a hot take and uh, it's coming through for me. Should I should play the lottery? But um, also part of me like with the with the storylines with that team with Patrick coming back from a concussion with um, Lindbaum beating beating cancer. 
Like, I don't know. It's, it's a story. That's a Cinderella story if I've ever seen one. But I don't... Uh, there's not much else to say in the situation. We'll see. We'll have to see what happens uh, next week, and we'll check back with you all next week on this situation. Moving on from Philly to the um, second place Florida Panthers. Earlier this week, Aaron Ekblad sustained a pretty bad leg injury, having to be stretchered off the ice. And um, it's been it was announced if you, um, I think it was a couple days ago that he will be out for the rest of the season after having a successful surgery on a fracture in his left leg. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Florida now, like how that decor is going to be, um, like what's going to happen with that decor now and who's going to end up picking up the slack because Ekblad this season, 35 games played, 22 points, averaging 25 minutes of, um, on the ice every game and with a plus five, and has a plus five rating. So now he's their best, he's their best defenseman by far. Like, I don't know, who do you get, how are they going to replicate his, um, his production the straight answer you're not he's he's had such an impact on this team offensively he's had his best year since he was drafted and it's as simple as that you're not no beyond that defensive core is going to replicate it nor are you going to find well you can find a defenseman in the league who can do it there's players that are certainly capable but you're going to be given up quite a bit in return for and I don't think that'd be necessary. Um, it's just a really, really tough blow for a team who's second in the league right now. You know, they have a legitimate chance at going to uh, to uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, and Aaron Ekblad being out, it doesn't help. And also, Anthony Declare, he was he got hurt, I believe, in the same game or the game after. I don't remember. Um, but it's just – they're just going to have to make do with what they got. And uh, they have to rely a lot on uh, old man Yandel over there to, to carry the core. The Iron yeah. Man. Agreed. Yeah. Mr. Keith Yandel's going to – you know, he's had a terrific season so far with 21 points, I believe I saw. Um, And, yeah – 21 points, negative six. He's been having a pretty good offensive presence out there for Florida, Florida this year. Like Omar said, there's no replacing um, Aaron Ekblad, at least um, in Florida's best interest, I don't think. Um, it's a tough blow for Florida. Uh, being second in the league, Ekblad's had such a huge, huge impact on this team. Um, tough blow, but uh, I think this is when uh, – GM and coaches really see who can pick up the slack, and uh, this is where ice time is earned for sure. Yeah, well said, well said. And yeah, I think I honestly do believe that the burden is gonna have to fall onto Keith Yandel's shoulders now. He's, um, like you mentioned, 21 points in 37 games, averaging about 18, 18 minutes. He's a dash six in the season, but he was never known as a defensive player, he was more offense. Like, I played more, he played like he was a winger. Um, I think that he's gonna he's gonna have to step up and be that top defenseman for um, Florida uh, Panthers fans. If if I'm just sounding like an idiot right now, tell, like and I'm and I'm completely wrong. Feel free to to hit us up on uh, on social media and just uh, tell me I'm an idiot. But I don't know. I think that uh, how old is Yandel anyways? He's 34. Right, he's 34 right now. I think he's gonna have to start playing a little bit more into that uh, worth 
putting a little bit more worth on that contract. Um, but yeah, like especially at 25 minutes a night, the what Ekblad's been playing, there's like maybe three people in the league that can play that can sus- consistently play that amount. Like there's Headman, Keith, yeah. he. Uh, this Keith still play around that 25, 23 minute even. Who? Say it again. Duncan Keith. Oh, uh, I I don't think so. I don't think so anymore. Can look into that right now, but yeah, like there's no one that can. Um... And just to actually read it, I'm going through their roster. The whole defensive burden doesn't have to fall on Keith Yandel. Um, Mackenzie Weger, he's actually having. Um, quite the season for himself too. Two goals, seventeen assists, nine for nineteen points. Uh, he he's playing really well. He's playing really well. He's getting twenty two minutes, um, per game, and he's having a uh, quite the effect on the ice. He's a physical guy, and he's gonna play really really good defense for you. Um, he can still put up the points. It's just. Uh, Yandel doesn't have to worry about carrying this load himself. Yeah, no, I wasn't talking more on the defensive end. I was talking more from a point, from a points perspective, from an offensive perspective, and on the power play because um, Ekblad, like he was doing the same on points 22, 22 points, thirty five games, eleven and eleven. Um, and he was at he had six he has six power play goals on the season, six out of eleven on the power play. Um, like it's gonna be pretty. It's that's why. That's what I mean when I say y- uh, Yandel's gonna have to pick up the burn, pick up the slack on that because he's, from what I'm seeing, he's the most offensively capable on that roster. Mm-hmm. So it's just gonna be a matter of whether or not he can do it. Um, and yeah, we were talking about uh, Keith earlier. He averages about twenty three and a half minutes per night, still, which is kind of hilarious and very interesting. Very impressive. Yeah, honestly. But um, yeah, like I guess it's either it's either he yeah um, they're gonna have to have a couple guys really step up or or it's gonna have to be um, by committee. But he Yandel's I mean Yandel Ekblad's out for uh, for three months now. That'll take him roughly to if all goes well, probably to around the third round of the playoffs. So if they he's not guaranteed to be out for the rest of the season, but. I don't think they're gonna rush back their uh the few their future defensemen. I I can't see it happening. Future present, nice. both, both future and present. I I just don't see them rushing him back. He's gonna take as long as it needs as he needs. Um, it's just I don't see him rushing him. And not to mention Barkov's out right now. He should be coming back within the next week or two. So they're not they're gonna get back a. Uh, Barkov's not out. Yeah, he is. Is he? Yeah, Alex Bar- Alexander Barkov's out. No, he played, um, he played tonight. Did Did he play tonight? Yeah, he had an assist in twenty minutes. Or so even better, he's back now. They're getting uh, another one of the best offensive weapons in the game in Barkov. So you know you don't want to lose Ekblad by all means, but it's uh, on the. Plus side, you do get Barkov. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. Um, I think that if it gets to the point where they are in the third round of the playoffs, even the, or even the Cup final, and Ekblad or Ekblad is able to come back, like phys- he's physically able to play, he's gonna end up going back, and they're gonna like they're gonna try and rush him back for those last four or five games 
because like at that point at that point if you're if the cup's within within reach you're gonna throw everything you have at it i mean ekblad's gonna want to play there's no doubt about it we've seen it. that's in all hockey players you look at Sam, you look at stamkos he was out for months and then he came back and yeah one, yeah played one i think he played one shift actually he had a beautiful goal and he, he scored uh, yeah. he's going to want to come back. It's just going to be on that training staff and that coaching staff, whether or not it's um, right for that time and for his future to bring him back. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Personally, I feel like he will be back. Um, like, especially when you have these, when you have these, um, these long injuries, like these 12 week injuries, the timelines are never exactly correct. It could be a little oh, bit more. Yeah. It could be a little bit less. It just depends on how the recovery goes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially considering he's he's living in Florida, where he like he has no excuse to sit on his ass and relax, uh, and go through the therapy, uh, go through the the rehab. I feel like I I feel like that twelve week timeline is going to be pushed by, pushed ahead to ten weeks or something around that around those lines. Uh, t- time will tell on that. Yeah, I, I never, never, never like to speculate like timelines on injuries or whatever. You could be terribly wrong, mm-hmm. but um, we'll see. That's gonna play out soon, or sooner. Or, no, that's not the right expression. It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a while until we find out. Until we find yeah. out. Yeah. Bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. It's a lot. Of, but also, yeah. Like like you said, it's like. Yeah, I also don't like to speculate on injury timelines, unless unless it's a day to day thing. Unless it's like, just like uh, yeah, if it's a day to day thing, it's the it's very easy to to speculate on on a timeline for that, for the most part. But mm-hmm. if it's something like this is, I don't know. Personally, I really do not like to see it, but whatever. We'll guess, see. We'll, we'll, will you move on? We move on to a trade actually leading up to the dead leading up to the deadline. It's been very quiet. The deadline's next week. In next week on Monday, April twelfth, and um, it's been very quiet on the trade front until uh, re- a couple days ago. Brandon Lemieux was traded from the New York Rangers to the LA Kings. Brandon Lemieux, if not mistaken, was required was acquired in the um, in the Jacob Truba trade. Ooh. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm mistaken. I'm I'm wrong. Uh, Truba was acquired. It was sent to the Rangers in 2019 from the Jets, along with a first round pick and a fourth for Kevin Hayes, the rental of Kevin Hayes that lasted a whole two months mm-hmm. back when, when I was trying to go and win the cup and that did not work out whatsoever. But yeah, so this, uh, this season with the Rangers in 31 games, he's an even player and he has two goals and five assists. And after that trade went through, it was announced from um, what's his name? I forgot his first name, but uh, Brooksy, the guy, the guy that John Tortorella made famous, Larry Brooks. Larry Brooks, exactly. The guy, John, the the reporter from New York that uh, Tortorella made famous for the uh, for the that's what I'm trying to say, Brooksy line. <laughs> um, he reported that Lemieux actually requested a trade out of. Uh, out of the out of New York, so I'm cur- I'm curious what ha- what happened to him, to him this season because I I'm not I don't follow the Rangers that much. I'm gonna take a quick look over at his stats. I want to see how much he's, how uh, what kind of ice time he's been getting this season. But let's hear well, while I find this. Let's hear your thoughts on it. Start with you, Joey. Um. Yeah, I'm. I don't know too much about the uh, Lemieux, or I know that. 
what type of game he is, uh, what game he plays. I know what type of player he is. Um, as far as requesting a trade out, I'm not sure what animosity is there between him and management. Um, I'm not sure if he's not getting the ice time he thinks he deserves um, or if he just doesn't think he's being treated like he should. Um, I'm kind of shocked, to be quite honest with you. Um, he's far from a superstar. Um, so I'm surprised she's making any claim that he wants help before he even starts. So that's all I really have to say on this situation. Maybe I can add more, but uh, I'll pass the mic off. To Mom. What, do you, what do you mean? Sorry. What do you mean he uh, he wants help before he even starts? Uh, my mistake. Uh, I'm reading these. I'm reading ZP wrong. Um, I'm just surprised he wanted out of New York. Uh, yeah. So I have what I think to be the reason. Um, he averaged, he's averaging 10 minutes of ice time this season for a guy that's, for a guy that's 25 years old who last season, he had, he had six, six goals, 12 assists in 59 games. Jesus, fuck 111 penalty minutes, dash 14. Joey, he's he's your kind of guy. This guy, if I'm not mistaken, he's, uh, he's the son of uh, former NHL or Claude Lemieux, who's uh, one of the most notorious uh, one of the most notorious uh, heavy hitters in the in league history. One of the most notorious pain, pains in the asses of every single player in the league at that time. When you look at his professional career, um, obviously the really high uh, draft picks, 31st overall by the Sabres back in 2014. Um, you look at his professional career, he was never known for putting up numbers. Look at 2017 to 18 with 51 games played in the AHL with Manitoba Moose, 170 penalty minutes. So the type of player he is, um, I'm not sure what the issue would have been. You said you found the issue. Yeah, I think I just did. Um, so yeah, he was averaging about 10 minutes of ice time this uh, this season, and I think at, at his at his age, on the contract he signed to, he signed to roughly. He sent to roughly 1.5 million bucks for this season and next, and he's an RFA at the end, at the end of next season. I think like he's just looking to get some some ice time, getting just to try and show his worth because yeah, he hasn't been getting it in um, in New York, and I feel like in Los Angeles he's gonna get the ice time that he needs while being uh, coached or while being uh, trained by one of the best uh, power forwards in the past ten years in Dustin Brown. You see, if I may throw in my five cents here, I just don't understand how you can ask for more responsibility on a team when you're putting up numbers that a fourth liner would. It just doesn't make sense. Players will get played based on their production and the impact they have on the game. In 2019-2020, when he's with the Rangers, in 59 games, he had 18 total points, so he's not helping production-wise, and he has 111 penalty minutes. You're not helping overall when you're sitting in the box for 111 minutes out of 59 games. Not to mention you're minus 14, so you're a liability on the defensive end. There's a reason why you're getting 10 minutes and change of ice time per game. And it's not like you're out, you're uh, playing on a super competitive team where you really, um, you really, really have to grind for your ice time. Don't get me wrong. You do. But if you're, lo- if you're playing on a team like 
the uh, the Leafs or the Jets, ice time is hard to come by when they have such a stacked forward court. You're playing on the New York Rangers, all right? But aside from their first line and possibly their second line, depending on the night, you can you can move up and down the lineup if you play well. But 18, 18 points in 59 games or seven points in 31 games just last season, you're not making a case for yourself to be given more of a responsibility. And hopefully he gets in Los Angeles. You know, I don't wish that he struggles the rest of his career, but I think that report of wanting more responsibility, the Rangers front office just laughed at him and it was just, you know, fuck you. You're going to go to the Kings and go prove yourself there. You sure as hell haven't done it here in New York. Um, sorry so was there an actual confirmation that he wanted more responsibility because the, that's what, what, what i saw the report was that that was a report whether it's official or not i don't know who was it from saying, was, that you, the, was that the brooksy report i believe so i saw it here uh oh i can't find it now uh here, yes, uh, Larry Brooks. Yeah, before being dealt to LA, Lemieux reportedly requested a trade out of New York. He requested a trade, but they, he didn't list what the um, what the reasoning was. Yeah, but it, if it was, because I also saw the report that that was uh, the reason why he wanted out. He really hasn't made a case for himself. I just read you all of his stats over the last two years. Like, bottom line is he sucks. He sucks. And you're not giving a fourth line worthy player the keys to your franchise and you're not giving him responsibilities. It's just the way it is. Um that's my rant for the night, but there's I don't know. have a Buffalo segment coming up, so I don't think you're rant quite over. <laughs> but no, I, I completely agree with you. Um I think he's buying off more than he can chew. That's yeah. what it comes down to. And um uh, don't get me wrong. I wish the best for him in LA. Um, hopefully, he could figure it out there. But his past that have not been in his favor. But also, like you think about it, it sometimes a change of scenery for players is the best thing. Um, if you think about it, you got a guy like even like Zach Hyman. He came, he came from uh, Florida to Toronto, and then within twelve months, he was he was playing a consistent role on the Leafs and playing a pretty damn good role. Uh, doing a pretty damn good job of it so you never know what could happen the guy he's from the the little that i have seen of him he's he is an energy guy he's a guy that's willing to put his light his body on the line for his team as evidence from his 111 pims last season his 170 pims and uh in 51 games in uh in the ahl like he's a guy oh my god joey i think you're joey i think you can learn a thing or two from this guy but um yeah, like he's a guy. He seems like a heart and soul kind of guy. From again, from the little that I have seen of him, the one thing I do remember that always sticks out with this guy, uh, with him, is he was suspended. Like he, he was suspended during quarantine. He got a two-game suspension in March during quarantine for a hit for a hit earlier on in the season, like for a hit in the in the the day of the day that the league shut down. I don't know. He's played on the Jets and the Rangers and now the Kings. And every year since he joined the Jets, um, like 44 games, he had 11 points. And then when he was going, when he went to the Rangers, he had six and 19. 
18 and 59, seven and 31. Like, I, I don't know. You can't ask for more responsibility when you're playing like that. And your penalty minutes don't, if you're looking to get recognized by your coach, you sitting on the opposite side of the bench in the sin bin alone, you'll get recognized, but not for a good reason. And the reason that he wants, it's just the way it is. All right. Now uh, enough of this to, uh, to the segment that we've all been waiting for the, uh, the droughts finally over. On, when, on Wednesday, the Buffalo Sabres snap an 18-game losing streak that tied them for the longest losing streak in league history by winning 6-1 to one over the Philly Flyers. So I, just, I just want to take a moment to congratulate the Sabres for finally winning a fucking game. I think I speak on behalf of the NHL when I say I am really disappointed in seeing them win a game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to see them hit 20, honestly. Yeah, so did I. I thought um, that had been. Uh, I don't know how much more bashing we could do on Buffalo. Congrats on the one game in the past nineteen. You fucking goofs. Uh, yeah, you you beat a beaten up, scratch filled lineup in the <laughs> literally. Finals. I think I think like, Philly was yeah. kind of just giving you a bone there by scratching Patrick Hart and Limbaum. Um, <laughs> yeah, congrats, I guess. Uh, I don't really have much to say. Six one. That's a pretty big uh, win. Uh, Another joke. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Elaine Vigneault definitely just bag bag skated the fuck out of that team afterwards. Is there any other viable option though when you lose to a team that lost nineteen straight? Not even lose to a team that lost eight uh, eighteen straight. Or, yeah, eighteen. Lose sorry. to a team that lost eighteen straight. Six to one. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah. they were up up three nothing against you last game too, you just clawed your way back. How do you let them get up 3 nothing again in the game right after and run away with that game? Uh, it's just hard to – it's hard to fathom how a team like Buffalo just kicked your ass 6-1. to one. The, the more I sit here and think about it, I'm trying to understand what could have gone wrong that the Sabres beat you that bad. But – I'm struggling. Is, wasn't it the night before they were up like three or four zip? Or no, yeah, it was. Zip, and they came back and the Flyers came back? Yeah, to win the game in OT. Like, how do you I, – I don't – Wait for that Jack Eichel trade. Yeah, yeah. He's making $10 million, 18. He's actually not having an awful – I mean, he's having a terrible season from no, Jack Eichel standards. He's having a terrible season. Jack Eichel standards, two goals, 16 assists, 18 points in 21 games. But for $10 million, no. I'm just wondering who he's passing the puck to that he's got 16 assists. Because who the hell could pass Last nine help? on the year. This guy needs out of Buffalo because he is wasting his time. And you could just tell by watching him play, he does not want to be in Buffalo whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Every day that goes by, he looks more and more like the Home Alone guy. What's his name? <laughs> Mur- um, uh, Murph? No. What, Murph. The, kid, the kid? No, no. no the, the old the guy, Robert. Robert. Murph. Joe, yeah, pa- Murph. Joe Pesci? No, no the other Murph. one. No, Murph. The guy with the fuzzy hair. Oh, my fuck. Big forehead, <laughs> fuzzy hair. Yeah, I think the Murph. more and more he's in Buffalo, the more and more I see the resemblance. Yeah, that's that's and, me. That's me if I decide to grow out an afro. 
It's just, I don't No, That's Joey right now. Honestly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. You lined that one up so nicely. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe put a picture up on my bro. What was I just saying? Yeah, we'll, we'll throw it up uh, on the Instagram this week. <laughs> yeah, you guys can judge for yourselves. Uh, yeah. I think what you're trying to get, get on to is that Buffalo dog shit. I think that's what you're trying to get to. Yeah, the team's terrible. The organization's terrible. The <laughs> overall, it's not good for your like the fifth consecutive episode we've just, like, been speechless about Buffalo. Yeah, like... The team just destroys your mental health. Every person that walks into that dressing room, they just feel the depression all around them and they fall into that trap. And it's that's it. That's it. And then they bring it out onto the ice and your poor fans have to watch a dumpster fire. And you know, The only thing, I, I feel good for the people of Buffalo because they don't need to buy tickets this year. Unless I'm wrong, unless they've opened up to like 25. I, th- I, th- I think they have actually. They I have. The, the majority of them aren't able to buy tickets. Um, I'm sure not a lot of people are buying tickets this year. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's no different than than in previous years. Yeah. But this year especially, like they've lost 18 straight, and you're still going to buy tickets. I mean, I like Toronto. I, Toronto, I, Toronto, I, you, I, Toronto, you always have out. a packed barn. Yeah, Toronto, well, okay, but also Toronto, we always had a packed barn because like nine, 90% of the tickets were from were season ticket holders that were dressed in suits. Yeah, true. that is very true. That's a, we can make a whole different segment about that, and I'm uh, not going to get into could, it right yeah, now. That could be. Uh, oh my God, yeah. A there from the blue typical uh, E-fan, but. I don't know. Uh, so let me a little bit more, just to turn, just to turn the knife a little bit. Uh, Buffalo GM Kevin Adams, he's been looking to obviously he's been looking to shop uh, Taylor Hall around, and he's been wanting a first. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's been wanting a first and a prospect and a roster player. Yeah. Uh, teams laughed at him. Like t- executive executives all over the league, la- league laughed at him. And I said this last week, and like about an hour and a half after we finished recording last week. It came out, if I could just pull it up real quick, because uh, my phone just decided to reset on me. This is coming from David Pagnotta at the fourth period on Instagram or on Twitter. The, consen- the consensus seems to be that a second, a pick, and a third, sorry, a second round pick, a prospect, and a third asset will end up being at the final price for Taylor Hall. To me, that seems a little bit high, but still sticks with my, uh, with my theory of, what did I say, Alex? A, th- a second and a B-level prospect? Yeah, yeah. So this is that's absolutely hilarious how like they want the sun and the moon and they want the sun and the moon and the entire league is offering them absolutely nothing. No, listen, this is how it's gonna go down. Taylor Hall won't be dealt till the final hour of the deadline. And Buffalo's gonna have to settle for like a second round pick and maybe a bag of pucks. Like that's that's honestly how it's gonna be. They're so desperate to get Taylor Hall out of that organization. I think all the other 30 teams are in cahoots and they're just sitting there like <laughs> no nobody, you know, nobody trade from let's just fuck over Buffalo a little more. And if I if I were a uh, GM in the league, I'd be the first one to set up that uh that that group straight up. I love how every episode <coughs> I love how every episode ends up turning into 
one of or both of shitting on Buffalo and a, a huge conspiracy theory in the in the league. <laughs> well, that's entertainment, right? Like I swear, we have to get the hockey Illuminati. Like we have to get the hockey Illuminati on the show, Frankie. If you're listening to this, send me a text. We'd love to have we'd love to have you on the conspiracy theories. They're running hot in the show. We'd love to we'd love to have uh, your opinions on the situations. Oh, well. I don't know, but yeah, no, I have to agree with you. Uh, not about the not about the league trying to fuck over uh, Buffalo because why would they want Buffalo to get another another high draft pick? But well, that's uh, the thing when you leave it to the wire. The Sabres just have to settle for whatever that that's team. Because they have such beautiful jerseys. I know that is a shame. Like, those jer- those jerseys are absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, at least at least you can actually get those jerseys for dirt cheap then. Yeah, I might okay. pick one up. Eichel's will sucks. go half off pretty soon. No, buddy. We'll buddy, see, buddy. I'm gonna go. Uh, why? I'm not. I don't even think I'll go pick up a Jack Eichel. I think I, I think I'll go to the ten to the ten dollar bin. Maybe just go so much there. No, just go over to the ten dollar to the ten dollar bin and uh let's pick out one let's pick out one player. This will be my this will be the next jersey I go to pick up. Hold up. Let's go to let's go to roster here. So I'll, I'll go <laughs> it's like the Buffalo Sabres and you only see Jack Eichel. This is like the it's last string. Jack Jack cool. Eichel and uh Rasmus Delling are the only players who actually and uh are the only players who actually have a future on that team if they don't get traded. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pick up a Riley Shahan jersey. It's gonna cost me about fifteen. It's gonna cost me about fifteen bucks for a pro for the pro authentic jersey, but whatever. Why not? <laughs> Anyways, I always cap off the night or my little uh, Buffalo rant with your your fans are amazing. <laughs> That's the only positive. Ha, ha, we have to end up with a positive. We have to end yeah. up with a positive. Let's end off with two. Your fans like, are your fans are insane and uh, like in a good way. And your jerseys are beautiful. Yeah. Now we give a shit. Fuck you, Buffalo dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a little more compassion for you guys, but you know what? It's uh. Am I wrong though? Uh, Am I wrong for saying that? No, if you say Buffalo Sabers, you're not wrong. But no, Buffalo I love the city of Buffalo. I love the city of Buffalo. I mean, the city, awesome. city of Buffalo is beautiful. The anyway, bills are good. Bills you know. are beautiful. Not a the football, not a football guy. All, the only thing I know, everything I know about the Bills is all, everything I hear Dave Portnoy scream about. Um, <laughs> all, uh, like sports aside, City of Buffalo, I've, I've had the privilege privilege of going down there for a tournament a couple a few years back. Actually, Joey, were you with me for that? Did you come out to Buffalo? No, I went to the Detroit one and we tore that one up. Yeah, that was fuck. That's another, that's a story for another time. Um, but no, I had the privilege privilege of going down to Buffalo for a tournament a few years back. Uh, went to that outdoor ring. That outdoor rink, like um, I forgot what yeah. it's called, but it's an out. Yeah, it's, yeah. Me and Muff went to that. Yeah, no? we played there. Yeah, we played there. Yeah, it's, it's like, in it's like a, this industrialized area. You'd never find it. Yeah, it's completely. Yeah. It's completely like out of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but it's yeah, a, yeah. it's um it's a rink with no windows. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely Buffalo, beautiful. Buffalo, Buffalo, and place. So an- an- anchor bar. Best. Some of the best wings I've ever had in my life. Some of the best <laughs> best karaoke. If anyone. Uh, I feel like I've got that video uh, of uh, of me and uh, Joe. You're gonna love this. Me, Frankie Mancuso, and Zach Agostino singing karaoke and uh, at a bar at midnight on a Friday night in uh, in Buffalo. Yeah. We'll put that if you guys if you guys uh, really want to see that, we'll put that up on the Instagram. I'll make sure it goes up on the Instagram page. Yeah, once once we hit a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and a and a hundred thousand uh, weekly listeners, then I'll put it up. Uh... 
lost. <laughs> I tried, guys. I tried. <laughs> no, no. Real, realistically, if you guys, if uh, if anyone wants to see that, hit us up. Hit drop us a follow on social media, um, and send me, send us a DM. And uh, if, if enough people uh, DM us, then uh, then I'll, I'll I'll track down that video and I'll post it. Why not? <laughs> good guy alert. <laughs> throw me throw me up on nhl discussion hashtag good guy alert <laughs> all right anyways um i think this is a good time to end it off yeah uh, we'd like to thank you guys all for uh for tuning in to uh to episode eight of twigs and twine actually actually before we end it off yeah um, for those of you who haven't seen on our instagram we got some big news coming up it's gonna uh we can't tell you what's happening right now but uh in the next week or so we got uh, some big news we can't wait to share with you it's um the show the show's not going anywhere the show's still gonna be here every week every week same same day same same three idiots on the on the mic but some things, some things are going to be changing for the better, and uh, we're we can't wait to share to share it with you because we are so excited to get started. And uh, with that being said, we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to episode eight of Twigs and Twine, presented on the Sports Fluent Podcasting Network. We hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you all next 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 Wednesday. Actually, take care everyone. with our trade deadline uh, post post up show. Sure. Take it easy, Enjoy, guys. everybody. Thank you.